hearing about and reading about a lot of people who had kind of been those country collector types where they'd been to every country in the world. And I thought that that was a really cool concept, not for the claim to fame of saying you'd been to every country, but for the perspectives that you're able to gain. And I think it really came down to me having this realization that when you travel and get to know a country, you really get to know the people and you can more instantly relate to a lot of people that you meet for the rest of your life. Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast, where each episode we share the stories of individuals that are living out their bucket slash life goal list. I am your host, Roger Williams, and through hearing our guests' adventures, my goal is that you will find encouragement and empowerment to add and cross items off of your list. At this time, I'd like to welcome my guest, Caitlin Lewis. Um, Caitlin, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, I'm excited to have this conversation. So can you tell us what was the item you crossed off your list? I have been able to visit all seven continents and at the ripe age of 21. Wow. I am uh, I am super impressed with this. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the north side of 50 myself. And I was, as preparing for this interview, I went through my list and I think uh, I have three continents and only 17 countries uh, on the north side of 50. So this is super impressive to me that you were able to accomplish this before you were um, 21. In total, how long did it take you to get all the continents crossed off? So I actually was able to visit all seven continents during the span of my three and a half years of college. And so that was even more condensed than the average person, I would say. Yes, most definitely. How many countries did you visit during that time period? I definitely prioritized traveling a lot during my college years. I ended up visiting about 70 countries during college. And a lot of that was done through study abroad. And so, so you were 21, you were at college. How did you get connected to the study abroad? So my university was New York University based in New York City, but they have global campuses all around the world. They have a lot of connections with other universities and special programs that take students abroad. So I was definitely lucky in that regard that I was able to really just take advantage of the opportunities that were available at my school. This is a huge deal. What was travel like for you before you went to college then? Prior to college, I had definitely traveled maybe more than the average person, but I don't consider it consider it to be anything too crazy. I had been with my family once or twice to Europe and had visited my mom's homeland of the Philippines where she grew up once, but I had never really done any super adventurous travel. Definitely was more just kind of like visiting family, staying in hotels. I definitely got into the <sighs> adventure, hostel, backpacking type of travel once I got into college and was more on my own. You visited Italy and you visited in Europe and you visited the Philippines. So do those count? Those don't count towards this time period that this three and a half years in college, right? You don't count those visiting those places as part of your continents that you visited. You still went back to Europe, you still went back to, to Asia and in that three and a half year span. 
yes, I went back and actually revisited those countries themselves as well. Um, and yeah, I studied abroad in Italy, so got to see all of Europe basically mm. during that semester, and then also studied abroad in Singapore for about five months. So got to go on weekend trips very frequently to everywhere all around Southeast Asia at that point. It wasn't like you were on a program where it was traveling to 70 countries and trying to hit all those places. You were studying abroad in specific locations and then took trips on the weekends, you said? Yeah. So it was definitely very self-motivated. The average person who studies abroad, I feel like goes on a few trips here and there, but (laughs) I really wanted to maximize my time while I was living in a completely different part of the world. So I had traveled pretty much every weekend when I was in Europe for five months and then every weekend when I was in Asia for about five months. So that racked up a lot of different perspectives and places very, very quickly. What was the reasoning that you decided that you would start doing more weekend trips if the average person doesn't take advantage of that when they're studying abroad? What was, why did you say, oh, I want to, I want to start going every weekend and going someplace different? Yeah, I think for me, I just saw that it was such an amazing opportunity to gather as many different diverse perspectives as possible. I think a lot of people have this mindset that, oh, I'd rather only travel to a country if I can like do it fully and go for a full week or even Mm -hmm. two weeks and see everything that there is to see. And while I think certain places definitely do warrant spending more time in them, I don't think it's ever a bad thing to at least get a taste of a new culture. Like I would rather go to a country for my long weekends of like three or four days or even five days sometimes and at least learn a little bit about what is it like there what is the food like what is the culture like I at least will increase my baseline understanding of the country rather than Mm -hmm. never having visited at all to me that's kind of been my travel philosophy kind of getting a taste of everything as much as possible and that was why I personally chose to make the most of all my weekends and explore as much as possible was there something that happened in you? Did you meet somebody? Did you did you read something that that kind of like spurred that on that they said, okay, this is what I have to do? Or was it just, did you think it was natural? Or well, what was the impetus for taking those steps? I remember hearing about and reading about a lot of people who had kind of been those country collector types where they'd been to every country in the world. And I thought that that was a really cool concept, not for the claim to fame of saying you'd been to every Mm -hmm. country, but for the perspectives Mm -hmm. that you're able to gain. And I think it really came down to me having this realization that when you travel and get to know a country, you really get to know the people and you can more instantly relate to a lot of people that you meet for the rest of your life. Like I remember meeting someone in my dorm in Singapore who she was from Tel Aviv and I actually struck up a great conversation because I had been there before Mm. and we were able to just really deeply connect from my travel experiences and that mindset of the more countries I visit, the more likely I'm able to relate to pretty much anyone who ends up meeting me some point in life, uh, that was something that I really thought was a cool aspect of wanting to visit as many places as possible. Nice. Uh, Yeah, I definitely think that's a huge benefit for traveling uh, is having those experiences so you can talk to other people. I was recently in Spain and um, wound up meeting a a gentleman also from Tel Aviv, (laughs) which is why it reminds me of the story. And uh, we actually had some connection, uh, some very minute 
connection between each other. His grandfather was the headmaster of a school in, in Israel that my daughter went to for two months. And it was just really super, you know, exciting that we had the ability to have that conversation. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, those are connections are, are awesome to have. Um, so you're, you're in college and you're barely 21. I'm sure that your parents had some reservations just from going to study abroad. Did they, did they, were they concerned? And then when you started doing all these other trips, did you tell them ahead of time or did you just afterwards like, oh yeah, I went here, I went there. Um, what was that experience like with communicating this to family and friends, what you were doing? Yeah, I definitely do not have the most unrestricted parents. They definitely <laughs> wanted to know what I was doing at all times. So I was definitely updating them of like, I have plans to go here. This is where I'll be going next weekend, the following weekend. And I posted a lot on my Instagram uh, while I was traveling. So a lot of my friends back home were always following along on my adventures and just being like, how are you traveling so much? That's so crazy. And it's so interesting to kind of follow along and see all the places that I've been. Um, so I, I definitely kept people informed. And I think in some small way that was inspiring for the people in my life to mm. see that, wow, you really can just get out there and go see the world. The, and you said something there that that's kind of my next question is, is you said friends asked, how are you doing that? How did you do that? How, you know, it costs money to do study abroad, um, by itself. And, and so what, how did you manage finances, time, all those kind of things on top of that to take these side trips to be able to do all these things? For me, my study abroad through my university was actually the same price as just mm -hmm. going to another semester at home. So that was lucky. Um, and in some cases, it was actually even cheaper just because the cost of housing was less expensive in the countries I was living in. So that was fortunate to kind of like redistribute money there. And instead of paying for expensive apartment rent, I could be buying flights and going to other countries. But in addition to that, I definitely went into my semesters abroad knowing that I wanted to travel a lot. So I had saved up a lot of money from working over the summers, over all of my semesters. I basically never had a time during college where I wasn't working one, if not multiple jobs. So it was definitely a intentional way of saving up money to travel. And I think anyone can do that if they just prioritize it correctly. And, and what, you know, we here in the States always hear like, oh, Europe's so expensive, but places are going in places are so expensive. How did you manage your costs and reduce your costs while you were, you said you backpacked and were part of the hostel culture? What was that like? Yeah, I was definitely on a student budget when traveling. I got used to taking overnight buses for like a few dollars to get from point mm -hmm. A to point B. Got really used to staying in hostels, understood that I wasn't necessarily going to splurge on the most expensive food. Um, it's just kind of getting yourself into a mindset of I'm here to experience things, not necessarily to buy things or to have expensive luxurious hotel rooms like for me it was how far can I stretch my money to get me to as many different places as possible and when I'm in those places can I find kind of more local authentic experiences like maybe exploring a night market rather than blowing a lot of money on going out when I'm in a different country or something like that were there certain apps on your phone or how did you you know, there's certain websites, what were some of the tools you used when you were setting up those side trips while you were on your um, study abroad? For me, it was super helpful having 
one, I guess just things like Facebook where you can find groups of other travelers. For me, when I was on my exchange semester in Singapore, I pretty much found travel buddies to come with me on all my weekend trips just by posting in exchange student Facebook groups saying like, hey, I'm going to Cambodia in two weeks. Who wants to come? And it was very often the case that I would be going to the airport, like meeting people for the first time on our way to the airport as we were going to travel together. Um, And it was great, honestly, because I feel like everyone who studies abroad as an exchange student has a pretty similar predisposition towards wanting adventure wanting to travel so we all had a pretty common baseline personality that always ended up meshing pretty well um i would say another great tool was hostel world it's an app that lets you read reviews for hostels book them i was always able to find really cheap and actually nice accommodation through that and then tons of kind of flight search apps out there i tended to just use google flights i feel like it has a really easy to use interface was able to kind of compare different prices, set price alerts, which is buy tickets as soon as the price dropped into what I considered a reasonable range. And I personally just used Google Docs for actually organizing all of my itineraries, like we just kind of copy paste notes from different blogs, screenshots of our flight times and things like that. And it's easy to share it around with a group of people that you're traveling with. It's awesome. So I think that a lot of times when people have this specific uh, item on their bucket list going to all seven continents that it really comes down to especially if you're an American it comes down to how do I get to Antarctica and how do I get to, to Australia because those seems there those seems to be the, the farthest uh, away or, or most remote how did how did those especially Antarctica how did that come about for you was it intentional or did you get to the point where like you were like hey I've been to all I've been to six might as well do the seventh or what was that specific experience like for you so I actually set an intention to visit all seven continents when I was in my first year of university I had done a class about social entrepreneurship that took us on a trip to Ghana and I had kind of realized at that point that I had never imagined myself going to Ghana and it was such an Mm -hmm. almost like otherworldly experience, very far from the norms that I was used to in my hometown in suburban New Jersey. So I, I knew at that point, literally sitting in a mud hut in the middle of West Africa that I wanted to visit as many different places as possible. And the most attainable kind of like goal associated with that was, all right, let me visit as many countries as I can. And as far ranging as I can, meaning can I visit all seven continents? So I strategically kind of planned all my study abroad opportunities to lead me to Europe, lead me to Southeast Asia, to the Middle East, to Africa, to South America. And then I knew that Australia is one of those ones that's much farther away. So I had planned it out that I would let myself take like a two week trip to Australia at the end of my semester in Singapore. So it was like kind of on the way home from Singapore to the U.S., Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, you definitely sound like you planned a lot. Yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> so was not spur of the moment. You definitely, and I think to do this, that's probably something you'd have to do. What was the, what do you think the biggest fear was in taking on this item when you, when you sat there and said, okay, I'm going to do this. What was the biggest fear and how did you overcome it? Definitely. It's scary. Just thinking about all the things that could go wrong, I guess. I think that's one fear that a lot of people have when traveling is that you are willingly putting yourself into unfamiliar situations. And I think some people let that like hold them back or especially if they are thinking about traveling alone for any portion, that can definitely be a big fear. But I think for me, as long as I knew that I was 
doing my research, doing the proper planning and like had backups in place, like whether it was having (laughs) travel insurance, whether it was having spare money in case something did go wrong. uh, I think that always helped me kind of assuage those fears. Good advice. Uh, What was the place that you didn't think you would enjoy, but you did? I don't think I went into any trip thinking I wouldn't like it. Um, Although I will say one place that definitely surpassed my expectations um, is Laos in the, in Southeast Asia. I honestly had not heard anything about the country Mm -hmm. before going there, but I was so blown away by how kind the people were, how amazing the food was, how much I enjoyed just kind of floating down the Mekong river for two days. That's like a very classic experience that a lot of people do. And I just, had such a fantastic time and it blows my mind that no one in the everyday life seems to even really know where or what Laos even is so <laughs> that's one place that I maybe wasn't expecting to love but definitely it has a soft spot in my heart now okay what was the one location that you thought that you would love and it turned out you didn't like it so much or it was a little bit of a letdown maybe yeah that's really funny that you asked this question because I actually have a chapter in my book about my travels where I talk about how I guess like Laos was a place that I didn't have any expectations and then ended up loving it and then Japan was a place that I feel like everyone says they always love and I ended up having a pretty bad experience there (laughs) I think for me it was just circumstantial that the people I was traveling with weren't necessarily as interested in Japanese culture as I was they were on a really tight budget and then there was a typhoon when I was there so I wasn't able to do as much as I I originally wanted to do. Um, but that's definitely a place that stands out as everyone I've ever met always says they loved, love, love their trip to Japan. And I just did not have the greatest impression or experience. So you mentioned that you wrote a book. Um, mm-hmm. and I have to say, I have was talking to a friend the other day, and they said, Oh, I love the name of your podcast. I wish I would have thought of that. And the title of your book is the same thing for me. Like I maybe not even for a title of a book, but just had it in my head. I've worked with high school students for the last 30 plus years. And um, one of the things I always tell them is, you know, go, 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 go someplace, go, even if it's the next state over, just travel. Mm -hmm. And so the the title of your book is what? It is called You Are Where You Go. Yeah, I love that. It's, uh, it's, uh, and where did that title come from for you? I was thinking of ways to encapsulate the idea that basically everywhere you go forms a part of the person you are. And the kind of key message of my book that is that travel is a tool for personal development. It's not just a way to kind of necessarily cross things off a list, although I know that's kind of the name of this podcast. Um, I see travel definitely as a way to actually learn and grow and just become a more developed and more worldly and more knowledgeable person. So I was trying to think of ways or like short little titles that might encompass that. And I thought of kind of the way we say you are what you eat, that the food you eat reflects who you are. And I think the places you go similarly kind of make up who you are. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And for me, the list is at least my bucket lists uh, that I have travel items on. They're in, they're definitely intentional, right? I, I visited. I didn't put on just visit Spain. I wanted to walk the Camino de Santiago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. Uh, I want to go to Angkor Wat in in Cambodia, but I want to go to teach myself photography. 
And so I, I'm trying to add intention to my trips um, and I encourage other people to do that, that it's not just a matter of checking off. Like, like you said earlier, like you wanted to go and experience culture and, and gain more knowledge. And a lot of times we go just to say, oh, I've visited Victoria Falls or, you know, I can cross that off. And I really believe that there needs to be intention behind what you do, right? It's not just, I visited Machu Picchu, I crossed it off. Like, you know, why are you doing that? And asking that question of yourself, I think is super important. You did this when you were in college. Who's the intended audience for the book, do you think? And I know you want to, your publisher wants you to say everybody, but, but who do you think you wrote it for? I definitely think that the book resonates most with younger people because I think I had an intention of trying to bring a young person's voice to travel writing because most of my favorite travel books or really any books about travel that I can even find (laughs) happen to be people who are quite a bit older. Maybe they've had like a midlife crisis and went on a life-changing trip or they just travel right as their full-time job or Mm -hmm. they have retired and have gone on a lot of trips. But I haven't really found many other books from a young person's perspective showing that you don't necessarily have to give up your whole life to travel. You can balance it with other things like school um so I, I would say young people would probably resonate with it the most and hopefully find it inspiring but I do think I've had a lot of my I guess older friends and relatives and even past teachers of mine like read the book and say that it sparks a lot of memories for them just because they love travel they've had travel experiences in the past so I do think it'd be enjoyable even if you're not a college-aged person if that's kind of where you think the book resonates, what's the one thing that you would want them to take away from that, from reading your book? I think the biggest thing that I try to impart with for readers is that travel is a tool for personal development. That is the mo- the one main thing I want to, I guess, inspire a mindset shift is that a lot of people do think of travel as a vacation and a way mm. to just kind of go relax, maybe take some amazing pictures, see the world. But I think that incorporating yourself into that travel process and like you said, setting some sort of intention and proactively thinking about how is this trip going to affect me as myself and as a person and as a kind of an entity that is going to accept all this knowledge and let it shape me. I think that's the key message of the book right there is just that can you see travel as a tool for personal development rather than just as a vacation? Yeah, that's absolutely awesome. Can you tell me something that may be on the bucket list or life goal list right now that's completely different than this thing that you crossed off? Hmm. I definitely think that a lot of my life goals still revolve around seeing more of the world. But um, actually, ironically, I guess I have never really stayed in one place for quite that long. Obviously, I grew up in one place, but ever since college, I haven't even stayed in the same city for more than like six months at a time. So I'm actually really looking forward to like growing a community in some way um, and actually staying put for a little bit. So in an ironic way where most people already have that, I'm kind of, that would be out of my comfort zone for me. So that's one thing that I kind of want to do in the coming years. Is Is it out of your comfort zone because of your experiences that you've been having or is there something else? Yeah, just it's just that's something I've never done. I've never signed a lease for an apartment. I've never fully like committed to staying somewhere. So I'm hoping that I've been bouncing around a lot lately across the US kind of during the pandemic times. Yeah. But 
I'm hoping to kind of find somewhere that I like enough to settle down for maybe a year, which would be crazy <laughs> for me. <laughs> what's the what's the appeal in that? We've talked we've been talking all this time about the appeal of of traveling and getting out of your comfort zone. So if this is the opposite of that. What what's appealing for you uh, in setting some some tiny roots? I think that there's a lot to gain from both. Um, like obviously, I think there's a lot to gain from traveling, but there's also a lot to gain from like actually truly investing in like cultivating a community and getting to know the people around you. Um, I think that's somewhat possible when you're traveling from place to place, but to actually really form deep roots and like have ties to your community is something that I haven't really been able to do as much because I've been always on the move. So I just think anything that you're currently doing, like for me, my current life is being a nomad. If you can get yourself out of that current life and into some sort of different life, any sort of growth happens just from change. So for me, the change right now would be actually settling down ironically. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons, um, my listeners probably get sick of me talking about the Camino of Santiago, but that was one of the things I really enjoyed about the, the, about the Camino is that you're creating community that kind of travels with you uh, over mm-hmm. a month period of time. And so um, they're, they're, the roots are not in the, in the trail. The roots are in the relationships that you build along the trail. Mm-hmm. And I have so many friends now, especially all over the world, um, that in the next, even in the next six months, I plan on seeing several of them, um, that it's, that's what, that's where the community lies. Did you find that in your travels that the relationships that you developed, either whether it was traveling buddies or people that you met, uh, in different locations, have you been able to maintain those relationships and how have you done that? definitely have maintained them. I think I made an active effort to keep in touch with a lot of the people I had crossed paths Mm. with. And I do think social media makes that a lot easier these days. You can kind of just keep tabs in someone's life, even if you're not necessarily individually messaging them every month or so. But yeah, whenever I've been in someone's country, I definitely make an effort to reach out and say like, Hey, let's grab dinner. Or like, actually I was visiting a bunch of friends across Europe in September and ended up staying with a friend in Amsterdam, getting brunch with another friend in Amsterdam, getting dinner with another friend in Paris, uh, meeting up with friends in Italy. Um, it just kind of, it's amazing when you start having a lot of friendships around the world, how often you just tend to cross paths with people. Um, So yeah, I I make a really big effort to keep in touch with my friends from around the world. And a lot of them ended up ordering my book, which has been really nice to know that it's getting read in a ton of different countries all over the place. Nice. So what's the next thing that you're going to cross off your list? Um, I'm not super sure. I guess like actually moving somewhere would be a big thing that I'm going to cross off. I'm trying to potentially move to Austin in the spring. So that might be a big move and a big change of pace for me. But um, in terms of trips that I want to cross off, I really am looking to go to Mexico City sometime soon to see the monarch butterfly migration that happens there every year. Yeah. So that should be really awesome to see in person. My intention for Mexico City is to watch uh, Lucha Libre at, Mexico, <laughs> at Arena Mexical. Um, that's, a, that's, my, that's my goal for Mexico City. <laughs> well, Caitlin, um, how can people find your book or, or uh, follow your adventures someplace? Where, where can they do that at? 
Anyone can find my book by searching You Are Where You Go. I have a website, youarewhereyougo.com, or it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, pretty much anywhere you can find books online. And if you want to follow me personally, I'm pretty active and will always answer any messages on my Instagram, which my name is spelled C-A-I-T-L-Y-N-L-U-B-A-S. Awesome. I will put both those things in the show notes so that people can easily click them. Caitlin, thank you so much for being with us. I'm... Like I said, super impressed, and uh, I I know that that these journeys that you've been on will impact um, whatever community you settle in, and uh, I look forward to hearing about that as as you grow in that. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. As a reminder to our listeners, in this episode's show notes, you will find links to learn more about this week's guests and information on how you can cross this item off of your list. You can follow my adventures of crossing items off my bucket list on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, new episodes of this podcast are available to stream every Friday morning. We will meet you here next week. And until then, keep living out your list. Thank you.